Hello, everybody. Before we start today's podcast, I just want to talk about our charity spotlight, MagicKids.org. MagicKids.org is a 501c3 charity based out of Rochester, Minnesota. They have a goal of putting your unused cards to work to help educate kids on how to play Magic the Gathering. They believe teaching a kid Magic the Gathering will help them with important life skills like critical thinking, reading, and math. They send out these kits from your donated cards called Magic Kits eh, to volunteer teachers and mentors to use to then teach the kids. The, the teachers and mentors use the Magic Kids curriculum called Sort, Build, Play. And what that is, is when the teachers receive the kits, the kids then go through the kits to sort the cards to become more familiar with the cards, see what they like. They then use those cards that they like to build a deck, and then they use those decks to play each other. Sort, build, play. Now, there are a couple ways that you can help out Magic Kids by donating your unused cards, sending some money their way, or becoming a volunteer, mentor, or teacher. To learn more about them and get some more information on how to donate your cards, money, or your time, go check them out at magickids.org or follow them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And from that, let's hit the intro. Welcome, Welcome to This Week in MTG with your host, Matt Olson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Week in MTG, your aggregate news source for all things Magic the Gathering. I am your host, Matt Olson. Next to me, we have Danny Oakstead. What's up? Our local Boggle player, JB. Hello. And we also have a guest tonight, the Pod Puppy, Murphy. Mr. Murphy, who's passed out right now. He, he will, he'll be giving side commentary whenever he wakes up and he starts doing dog things. Whipping his tail back and forth. If we ever need drum sounds, that's who we have to go to. Oh, man. There you go. Drum roll. He'd get a good blast beat going. Exactly. So we have a podcast for y'all this week. We are changing the format here just a smidge to see how things are and We'd appreciate some feedback from y'all and see what you think. So how this podcast is going to be getting laid out, we're going to give you our past weekend results for events, talk about upcoming events. We're going to hit up new the news, the meats and potatoes, and then we're going to be talking about the weekly finance update and then always finish off with deck of the week. Moving right into those results. What we had this last weekend was... Magic World's Championship in Honolulu. And your champion is Paulo Vitor Damadorosa. He was running blue-white control for that match. For those of you that chose Paulo as your hashtag find your champion, rewards will be coming out shortly. Uh, check your emails and stuff as uh, what online has been buzzing about. And then same for everybody else. When you Whoever you voted for, you get your rewards and stuff. So, patience. Apollo 1 with blue-white control. Very spicy deck. Very grindy last match. I don't know if you guys saw that. A little bit. I did not. It was good. Okay. So, big, big world events. Everybody else is talking about them. We'll leave it for them. We're just a bunch of schmucks in a room. We're going to talk about the upcoming events. Like, we aren't three guys sitting in a bedroom doing a podcast. 
no, no, we're the schmucks, not them. Oh, okay. No, no, no. I, just to, I just wanted to clarify <laughs> on that one. Let, let, let me rephrase. <laughs> we're the schmucks that don't know. <laughs> that don't know things. Well, yeah. you got these other professional guys that know meta and deck analysis hundred times better than we do. Yeah, we just do our own thing. Yeah, we're cool. We got we got a Boggles player, a Janky Burn player. Yes, sir. And then a Rhinos player. God, we are screwed. Shut up. Don't lie. You're an infect player. We all know it. I got infect roots as well. Yeah, see? We, we we choose the wrong decks no matter what. Exactly. So we have some upcoming <laughs> events for y'all. This weekend is the SCG, the return of the SCG Tour Indianapolis having their Pioneer Open along with their Modern Pioneer Classics going along as well. Bunch of side events there for draft, mystery, boost, uh, mystery booster draft. Uh, more Pioneer Commander events. If you're interested in the area, go sign up and start racking up some points, getting some games in. And then at the end of the month, we will have the return of Magic Fest, Reno. We talked about this a little bit last, or we just mentioned it last week. But coming up again, uh, end, of, uh, end of February 28th, we have GP Theros Beyond Death Limited in Reno. From there, we move on to the meat and potatoes, the news. We're going to start off with our blogatog of the week, where we talk about one of Mark Rosewater's uh, recent questions that he answered from his Tumblr page, the blogatog. This week, was, he was asked on the 16th by the Sound of Drumming blog blog, asked, are you responsible for the hidden Gibbons flavor text? Mark Rosewater replies, there's a decent chance I was. I don't remember. So for those of you that did, that don't know Hidden Gibbons, like I didn't know, Hidden Gibbons is an enchantment from Urza's Legacy for a green that reads, when an opponent casts an instant spell, if Hidden Gibbons is an enchantment, Hidden Gibbons becomes a 4-4 ape creature. The flavor text that is being referenced here is this. When these apes want something, it's a matter of gibbon take. But um, this is where we gotta have a. a That's a knee slapper right there. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Not gonna lie. First read that, and I'm like, oh, what's hidden gibbons? I look at the card, and I'm like, oh, that's great. It's a dad joke. Hey, yeah, that's like ultimate dad joke. And then we should all appreciate it. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Yeah, I appreciate it a lot. Well, it's just like why? Why don't you ever see elephants hiding in trees? Because they're really good at it. That they are. That they are. And that is the Blogatog of the week for y'all. If you want to read more of the Blogatog information, go check it out at blogatog.com. Mark Rosewater answers questions and gets them posted up there. We move into the meat and potatoes. The other big news topics. We have a couple big things to talk about. Uh, Where do we start? Do we hit up the arena for mobile, challenger decks, secret layers? Let's just go right down the list. <laughs> Easy peasy lemon squeezy. So we have the challenger decks that got announced over Worlds. And for those of you don't, that don't know, challenger decks are these things that Wizards prints out that are competitive, out-of-the-box decks that you can just buy go to your local FNM and have a really good chance of not getting dink stomped out. 
and they're making four uh they're making four decks this year and they are all off of some of the top current meta strategies first one we're going to be talking about is their allied fires deck this one is going off the Jeskai Fires of Invention deck. If you saw Worlds, kind of know like the rough build of it. It's a Planeswalker based with Fires of Invention to be able to cast them and have Kenrith, the returned king, to get activated abilities to use that mana since you can only cast two spells per turn with Fires of Invention. So the Fires of Invention is... The, the, the card that this deck's built around is... Red 3 enchantment. You can cast spells only during your turn and you can only and you can cast no more than two spells each turn. You may cast spells with converted mana cost less than or equal to the number of lands you control without paying their mana cost. So, like I was saying, what you do is you drop down all these planeswalkers or these creatures with activated abilities to use that mana that you don't spend on casting those spells. Uh, then you have uh, on a creature like Kenrith, the returned king. Uh, Kenrith is a white four, five, five legendary creature, human noble, has five different abilities. Uh, quick, quick lowdown. Red, all creatures gain trample and haste till end of turn. Green one, put a plus one counter on target creature. White two, target player gains five life. Blue three, target player draws a card. Black four, Put a creature card from a graveyard onto the battlefield under its owner's control. It's just as mana sink to use that mana, get more value because you're you're casting this thing for free. Along with your super friends. Yeah. And so that's the other thing in this deck is you got a bunch of planeswalkers here from War of the Spark. We have Ugin the Ineffitable, which is a six colorless four loyalty planeswalker that has a plus one. Exile the top card of your library, face down, and look at it. Create a 2-2 spirit creature token. When this token leaves the battlefield, put the exile card into your hand. Has a neg 3. Destroy target permanent. That's one or more colors. There's also Narset Parter of Veils, a very prominent card in control decks to stop your opponents from drawing more cards. With its uh, static ability, each opponent can't draw more than one card each turn. Then there's, they also put in Sahili Sublime Artificer, which has the static ability of whenever you cast it on creature spell, create a 1-1 colorless servo artifact creature token. They got Sarkon the Masterless, which is going to be pretty good. That's the uh, cream on the top right there. Yeah, you just start dropping these Planeswalkers. Sarkon has a plus ability that turns these Planeswalkers into 4-4 dragons and gain flying. And then you just beat wholesale ass. Yep, you just beat face straight up. Then it has a pretty good control package here with two time wipes, which return a creature you control to your hand, then destroy all creatures. De uh, Deafening Clarion, which has two modes. You choose one for white, red, one. Deafening Clarion deals three damage to each creature, or creatures you control gain lifelink till end of turn. And Omen of the Sea to help dig through your, dig through your deck to get to your cards, and Banishing Light to remove any threats. And it gives you a pretty good, uh, pretty good array of land cards to use here. You, you got get a nice steam vents in there. Mm -hmm. Shock land, it's totally great. worth it. Also, those temples are not something to 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 forget about as well. Oh yeah, those no. are great cards. The scry ability is really underrated. Mm -hmm. 
And then it gives you a full sideboard as well on top of these decks. Uh, quick run through. There's another two planeswalkers in the sideboard in Ashiok Dream Renderer, which allows your or which stops your opponents from searching their library. Dovin Hand of Control, which artifacts, incense, and sorcery spells your opponents cast cost one more. That's also another planeswalker for uh, from War of the Spark. You also get Fry to deal with those pesky Teferis. Yeah. And then they give you another Sarkon on the master list if you got to go for a beatdown plan. In the main board, they got a three of, and then there's the fourth one is in the side. So from Allied Fires, we're going to move to the next deck, Final Adventure, which is Golgari Adventure Creature Cards. Quick rundown of some of the key cards. Uh, we'll talk about some of the actual higher price cards first, and then any synergies to try and like find a faster format. They got two of Knight of the Ebon Legion in this deck. Love this card. Yeah, one mana, one, two, Vampire Knight. Uh, beginning of your end step, if a player lose, lost four or more life, you put a plus one counter on this guy. He the, can get big. The key is there, too, that it's worded that player. Mm. It doesn't matter. You could lose life off of any of your like pay life abilities or anything like that. It triggers off of you, too. Mm-hmm. So that's a money card in this deck. Uh, they got two Murderous Riders as well that are getting printed in here, and those are a very strong card in standard. Uh, it's an adventure card with... Swift End, which destroys target creature or planeswalker. You lose two life. And then the creature half is a 2-3 lifelink. When it dies, it returns to the bottom of the owner's library. Uh, they give us a planewalker, planeswalker in here with Vraska Gari Queen. There's also, in the land base, two Castle Lockthwains. And a Fable Passage. Who yeah. doesn't like slow fetches? Some good cards and stuff in here. You'll get your value worth. Uh, again, sideboard. Uh... Keynotes, uh, we have Noxious Grasp, which has actually gone down a lot in price, being an uncommon. It was really there to take out Oko when that was a thing, but Oko's not a thing. But yet, here we are talking about it. I know, right? <laughs> and then you got one of my personal favorites, uh, Board Wipe on a Stick. You got Massacre Girl. Yeah, Massacre Girl. Nothing Good. like dropping that to clear the field. Yep. Your opponent has an Annex out. Annex dies, makes a bunch of Saturn tokens, and then all of a sudden it's Massacre Girl. Wreck him. Moving on to the Cavalcade Charge deck. I'm really excited about this one. This one looks like it might be the best value, honestly. Take it away. Tell us what's in it. All right, so starting off, you get a you get an Ember Cleave in this thing. Okay, that's that's good money right there. Yeah. And then starting off in your creatures here, you got a full play set of Torbrand, the Thane of Redfells, the one that pumps your any red source damage by two. Which is a solid card right there. And then, to top it all off, you can get insane mana with your full playset of Runaway Steamkins. They give you a playset of Runaway, runaway Steamkins. A playset of both. They That's you, what's crazy. They give you a playset of all creatures except for one, which they give you three. Which is Tin Street Dodger. And then you also get a full playset of the Cavalcade of Calamities, too. Which is why you have the only three Tin Street Dodgers. And then, of course, you get your uh, three Castle Embreaths and your standard mountain packages, you know, the boring land base of the red red decks. And in the sideboard, you got eh, Experimental Frenzy is another card to keep an eye out. Nothing too spicy in there, but again, these are decks that you can just buy and then go dink-stomp some people at an F&M. Oh, yeah, no, this is a solid mono-red aggro. And then, finally, uh, there's four decks printed. This one is the Flash of Ferocity, which is mimicking the Simic Flash deck. Yep, and I did. I actually had quite a bit of uh, pilot time 
on a Simic Flash deck too for a while there. This is important because one of the cards in here is Brazen Borrower. Woo-hoo! A $40 card in this $30 deck. Well, so hopefully $30 deck. There's no MSRP. This pr- this one is actually probably going to be priced higher just because of Brazen Borrower. But that is one of the uh, priced cards in here to make this a chase deck for sure. So with that being said, will we see a price drop in Brazen Borrower because of the number of decks being printed? Or any of these you know key money cards that are in here? Uh, typically, Wizards has a couple print runs of their decks. Uh, first wave, they make kind of large, but not as large as their second wave. So there will be a slight drop in price when the print run runs out before they do their second. There might be a climb again of some of these higher cards, like uh, Runaway Steamkin, Bone Crusher Giant. Bone Crusher Giant wasn't mentioned, but that was Oh, in yeah, the, we forgot about that one. Yeah, that one's in the Cavalcade of Calamity deck, and that's a four of. So like those cards, they're gonna, they're definitely going to see a slight decrease in price because they're getting printed uh especially bone crusher giant brazen borrow since it's only a one of it's not gonna see it i think this is this is me again a schmuck in a room with a microphone that doesn't know magic finance but with one being printed per simic flash deck i don't see it going down as much it will and those people that want the brazen borrowers they're probably gonna spend money on and buy two decks on this thing maybe if not more. Yeah. So, therefore, theoretically, the demand for it's going to go down. No, demand is going up. Yeah, but... Supply will go up. So, if if the, if you have X amount of decks out there... For yeah, you're increasing X, the supply. Yeah, for X number of people, and everyone buys one, one box or whatever, the... I don't know, it's just... So many of them out in the market, the price is going to go down. Yeah, you're going to yes. flood the market at some point. Yeah. So And then demand but drops. It, but it's not going to be as hard, like I said, because you're only getting one brazen borrower in this deck, I believe. I could yeah, be I mean, true. you'll wrong. see a true. drop on there, but it's, yeah, it, it's not going to be as bad. a mythic guaranteed one per box. Yes. If you're, if you're looking to get some of these cards, <clears throat> these challenger decks are probably your safest way. Saves you a bit of money. Again, check your local uh, local game store. See what they're actually selling these decks at. Uh, as of now, we don't have any information what our LGS is going to be selling them at. But we can imagine again that this one will be priced up a little more just because of something like that. We're not. It's going to be more than thirty, less than. Man, I really hope it's going to be like less than sixty or eighty bucks. Oh, good lord, dude! If it's like sixty or eighty bucks, I ain't touching any one of these. Yeah. Thank you, MSRP being gone. But LGS has got to try and like keep their reputation as well of matching prices. But this is the thing: like the deck, the deck uh, on MTG Goldfish for the Simic Flash. We'll talk a little more more about it. But the paper price currently is a hundred and four dollars of value in this deck. The Cavalcade Calamity deck is a hundred and ten dollars. The Final Adventure, the Golgari Adventure deck, is ninety four bucks. And the value in the Allied Fires is $74. So these are all a pretty penny to, to like a value of cards in here. And this is commons, uncommons, and all that other stuff added together. But being dancing around that $100 mark, that is definitely going to be very unfortunate if they're going to be charging 80 bucks per dent. So, kind of a thing. Especially since the last round of them was only, what, 30 apiece? Quick note. You looking at pre-orders? 
I just looked on Amazon. Okay. It is twenty nine fifty pre ordered price guaranteed. Oh. Ooh, for this a, deck. That's on Amazon. Amazon. Yeah. They, they they're gonna sell it cheaper, but yes. I'm just letting you know it's thirty dollars on Amazon. You so yeah, you'll probably be looking right around that thirty five dollar mark, I'm guessing. Yeah. I probably I'm an LGS. This one this one I'm sure the LGSs are gonna price it at Brazen Bauer price. Yeah, yep. forty five bucks. No more than fifty, maybe if they're trying oh, to. Oh, I don't even I, I don't see them going that high. I, I'd say probably under forty for sure. Definitely keep it in that range. It's not gonna be that eighty buck range, but you're getting a good amount of value for these decks. Definitely tell you that each four of those decks are gonna be at different prices. Mm-hmm. Just like all the commander decks that have been coming out lately. They're all at a different price. So to top off, uh, talking about the Simic Flash deck here, because we went on a side tangent, because we are great people like that when we talk about money, because we're... Oh, you love it and you know it. Oh, I do love it. Uh, There are a playset of Brineborn Cutthroats, not too notable. Uh, Another notable card price-wise, actually, is going to be Castle Vantress and a Fabled Passage again in this deck as well. Brineborn may not be uh, notable financially-wise, but it's a pretty good backbone of this deck there. Yes. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, and then four of Frilled Mystic, another flash, uh, flash enabler there, counterspell, and then you get yourself a body. Aether Gust, they got a three of that in the sideboard, and Shifting Ceratops also in the sideboard, a three of those, and that is a control matchups, not worst nightmare, but just definitely, definitely apl- pri- applies pressure that a control deck don't want. Definitely is a solid card. I like that card a lot. Yeah, yeah. For, for five green, you have our. Three green, two colors. You have a five-four coming at you immediately once it hits the ground. Mm-hmm. Those are the challenger decks. All super good. Keep an eye out. Get ready for them. The decks will be available April third, twenty twenty. Make your pre-orders, like Danny said, on Amazon. You can get it for twenty nine ninety nine plus shipping, handling, tax, and stuff. So totally it's, worth it for the brazen borrower. Still recommend supporting your LGS. Yes, hit up your LGS. It's definitely worth to pay that 10% more to keep brick-and-mortar people going. The next news topic that we have for you is the reveal of the new secret layers, guys. We called it. Yep, yeah. you heard it here first. Definitely the gods, and we got it. What wasn't specifically what I was thinking. Like We, we weren't expecting... Yeah, all, it wasn't the new gods, but... We weren't thinking all the gods from old yep. Theros. They brought all of them. Yeah. So there's there were five different sets that were only sold this weekend. By the time this comes out, you missed it. If you watched Worlds, you could have had a chance. Quick rundown of these cards. The art on them is very good. It's that constellation art that the current gods and demigods in Theros Beyond Death have. They oh, they just look super sleek. So the first one is Volume 1, Heliod. In that, you only get three cards. You get Heliod, God of the Sun, from original Theros. Iroas, God of Victory. And Karametra, God of Harvest. And then also you get a single-use code for MTG Arena, Stargazing Volume 1 themed sleeves. All these decks, uh, quick heads up, were all these cards were $39.99, or you could buy the whole bundle uh, for $149.99. So Volume 2, we have Thassa, which has the constellation Thassa, God of the Sea, Afera, God of the Polis, and Krufix, God of Horizons. And then also the arena code for the Volume 2 sleeves. Volume 3 was Erebos, God of the Dead, 
Athreos, god of passage, and Phanix, god of deception, also with the sleeve code. Volume 4, Perforos, Perforos, god of the forge, Mogus, god of slaughter, Kranos, god of storms, also with an arena code. I want that Mogus. Oh, yeah. You see, I asked. We should have went 50 bucks each. I wish I know. I thought about it. Volume 5, Nylea. We have Nylea, god of the hunt, Xenagos, god of revels, and Farika, god of afflictions. So if you order them, they gave you the whole spiel. You wait six to ten weeks before you get them back, <coughs> before they get shipped out. Uh, if you miss them, sorry, man. Wait for them to come on the secondary market, then pick them up. But seriously, these arts are super good. I love the constellation frame. It just looks so pretty. It does. They. It was definitely a. An, at least I, I. In my opinion, it's a knockout of the park art wise with these cards. Oh yeah, way better than the uh, alternate art frames from Throne. Agreed. Next on the news docket, we have Hasbro reported last uh, Tuesday after the podcast came out their full year and fourth quarter uh, profit growth. Full year revenue, fun fact, since Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, their net revenue was $4.72 billion, which is an increase of 3% from previous years. Uh, operating profits increased to $652.1 million, or an increase of 13.8% of revenues. This was adjusted operating profits. Just so you know, none of us are any form of stock market specialist, knowledgeable. Again, three schmucks in a room. We're trying our best. <laughs> also, during this report, they mentioned that there will be arena coming to mobile because <gasps> that's pretty important they talk about other games and stuff helping them uh what their plans are but we're a magic podcast we're worried about that arena coming to mobile later in 2020 Woohoo! hopefully you have unlimited data goodbye pokemon go nah it's in tandem with pokemon just go, kidding man. <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Uh, we'll, if you're interested in the numbers and stuff, we will link this in the show notes here because it has a full large page of their 2019 earnings with all the numbers, percentages, web call, share, repercussion, rep, re, share repurchases, share repurchases. We're getting there. But the big, one of the biggest things out of that was Hasbro's making money. Go figure. They're selling us a bunch of different types of cards and Magic Arena is coming out. And they definitely said that Magic Arena uh, during uh, in one of their updates says, quote, we delivered growth in Magic the Gathering driven by a successful launch of Arena and we executed at a high level during the holiday season, said Brian Goldner, Hasbro's chairman and CEO. Our next news topic will be brought to you by JB. Okay, so they leaked some information here about uh, Ikoria coming up here. Quoting from this article here, we got Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, the next Magic the Gathering set coming out this April. is exciting fans for a lot of reasons because they're the creative monster mechanic. It's the only new standard legal magic set coming this year with the story set in a never-before-seen plane, Ikoria. And they're going to introduce a new planeswalker. Bum, bum, bum. And this was also touched on on the Blogatog where 
Mark Rosewater revealed that Ikoria, Lair of Behemoths, will feature three Planeswalkers, one new, and a couple we already know. Which uh, pretty much confirms, looking at the art, that looks like we're going to have Vivian. Um, <clears throat> my guess is the other one's probably going to be Kiora. Everyone's saying it's Kiora. I don't know if it's going to be Kiora. Flavor-wise, sure. I think they're going to give us maybe a green-red Planeswalker. I don't know if that means that that's going to be the new one. Returning one, I don't know what it would be. That could be. What colors do you all think the new one's going to be? What do you think would be most logical? I'm saying green-red. Yeah. In, in, in a, with with it just being the lighter behemoths, that would make sense, green-red. And we just had a green-white and a black-blue Planeswalker printed. We had a green-blue Planeswalker and a black-green Planeswalker printed in... So yeah, I suppose it has been a while since we've gotten a good red green. Red, red green, white, red, and a mm, white green. Yeah, a I mean besides, commanders. yeah, besides so, Nahiri out of War of the Spark, we haven't really had much for so it's white a, red. It, my guess would be a Nea color deck, Nea set. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, that yeah, that'd go with uh, monsters. Danny so creature. That, that would thing in Nea is my specialty when yeah. it comes to commander. Yeah. So yeah, as well as say, is that a uh, beast in your pocket, or are you just excited for this set? I don't know. We'll have to see. <laughs> have to have to have uh, mythic spoiler up all the time, waiting for the releases. Uh, Acoria information and spoilers season will be starting at the end of March. Woohoo! Or middle of March, I think, is what it said. Yeah, something like that, because it's uh. Pre-release looks like it's going to be April 17th through the 19th, and it's tabletop release, official release is the 24th of April. Yeah. I know it said somewhere that uh, Mark Rosewater was posted about... Yeah, they had a full schedule posted up somewhere. I I saw that, where it had everything outlined. Yes, and Ikoria was, we need to be better uh, news news anchors here and check our research at this point. I need to have better better memory my goldfish brain really really hates this stuff mid mid march getting some aquaria stuff close off the news we're going to talk about some mtgo updates here because can't leave mtgo players in the dark as of last tuesday every tuesday they round up their biggest magic online news for weekly announcement blog we have chaos draft still going on with a bunch of old sets from Visions, Weatherlight, Mirrodin, a bunch of others. That's still going on till the 19th. You want to be doing that? Get in there. Uh, there has been a preliminary schedule adjustment. So if you're doing Legacy Popper preliminaries, uh, some scheduling has got changed. Uh, quote, in order to improve the premier play experience and maximize participation, we are adjusting the formats of three of our weekly preliminary events. We expect that there will be an additional adjustments for upcoming months as we continue to fine-tune the system. We welcome additional feedback on the system at magiconlinefeedback at wizards.com. The time slots I got changed and the formats I got changed is uh, Mondays for the preliminaries at 12 a.m. Currently, it's legacy, but it's getting changed to popper. And then Mondays at 11 a.m. was when Popper was, but now that switched to Legacy, so they just swapped. And then Friday at 12 a.m. currently is Popper, but it will now be Legacy. So there's now more Legacy preliminaries than Popper on MTGO going forward. Talk about the weekend events. The 
format challenges every weekend. Everything else has already happened as of yesterday. Yes, correct. So uh, with the build notes, uh, a couple build notes down here. Players can no longer incorrectly play additional lands if their Dryad Elysian Grove loses all abilities. That was a bug that was in there. Uh, next one, a display bug was fixed that caused Shadow Spear's ability to not appear to remove color-specific hexproof abilities even after removing them. Veil of Summer no longer provides hexproof from blue or black to activated abilities. Primitive Justice no longer causes a game reset. And cards chosen with Niv-Mizzet Reborn's ability now appear in the game log. So those are the build notes that just recently happened. Quick touches on MTGO for any of our MTGO goers out there. Hit us up and see if you uh, tell us if you liked us talking about it. Now we close off the news and move into the finance section because we're greedy magic players. We want to know what our cards are worth. Know what our money's worth. Fuck. How much money we're sitting on. Yes. Whew. How much our collection is worth. Definitely sitting on a lot. Oh. Robber of the Rich. It's, it's, a, it's a stupid it's up even, card. It's up even higher than that right now, too. It's like seven, eight bucks right now. Well, this is updated yeah. as of Friday. It was five yeah, on Friday it's that, but right now it's sitting way higher than that. Hmm. It's not showing what it's updated to. Because I noticed it just the other day on the interest there after Friday, it's up to like seven or eight. Huh. Yep, it is. Surprisingly, it's just not showing on that page. So. I know, that's what I thought, too. Usually it shows, but it's not. This time. For our finance section, we bring up our information from mtgstocks.com. They're a great website that visually graphs out the fluctuation of magic cards. So you can see their prices and stuff very easily. They have an interest tab to see what is moving up, moving down. And they also have this weekly article that comes out every Friday called Weekly Winners. So by the time we record this, it's Monday night. Prices have changed. We'll hit on that as we talk about the cards. But first off, let's talk about Robber of the Rich. This card has seen a 153% increase, now sitting at 5 bucks. But today, on Monday, it's just over $7 right now. Nope. So Robber of the Rich is a red 1-2-2 human archer road with reach haste. When Robert of the Rich attacks, if defending player has more cards in hand than you, exile the top card of their library. During any turn you attacked with a rogue, you may cast that card, and you may spend mana as there were mana of any color to cast that spell. This is seeing a jump in price because of uh, going into this weekend with the Cavalcade of Calamity decks and Robert the Rich just being a solid two-drop for that aggro strategy. I guess you kind of see it as like a Thief of Sanity at that point. Yep, it is. It's basically the red Thief of Sanity. With a little bit of higher stipulation that you have to attack a, with a rogue before you can cast it. There's enough. There should be enough rogue subtypes. Tin Street Dodger is a rogue. So, so oh, here, look he, at that. He, here's the thing, though. It's whenever Robber the Riches attacks, if the defending player has more cards than you, they exile their top card. Yep. Therefore... A rogue did attack because yeah, this so, attacked. Yeah. So you can, it doesn't doesn't have to be any rogue. It, it, as long as this guy attacks, his ability goes off. Right. If he survives. Yeah. 
Because if you cast him turn two, you get the trigger, you exile the card, and they block and kill that. You don't have a rogue to cast with, though you still get to cast that card later on. True. Yep. If you attack the rogue, because exactly. you're usually it's running four of them, so. Right. So your turn, what would it be? Turn four? You'd have all four of them out if you had them. So turn five, you're swinging for eight, and then exiling four cards. If you're swinging just for eight on turn five in a red deck, you're doing something wrong. Yeah. No, I, I I get that, but I'm just saying with <laughs> these guys themselves. Yeah, yeah them, these guys themselves. Robert the Rich, solid card. Going up in price because these mono red deck wins. Uh, look out for them. Next on the weekly winners, we have Vizier of the Tumbling Sands, now sitting at uh, two bucks with a 140% increase. It is still dancing around that $2, 220 mark as of today. Foils are $10, though. So the reason why this is going up in price is because we have that Lotus Field combo deck in Pioneer, where you use Vizier of the Tumbling Sands, which is a blue 2-1-3 human cleric that has tap, untap another target permanent, but it also has cycling for blue 1. And cycling is you discard this card, draw a card. And then there's also another text at the bottom of that that says, when you cycle Vizier of Tumbling Sands, untap target permanent. So the thing with this is you have Lotus Field out, you tap it for three blue, you cycle the Vizier, untap it, and you have four mana available for you. One blue from the last cast, or from the last tap of it, then you can tap it again, and at that point you have Tome Scour to use that blue to mill yourself five, and we can't cycle it again. Then you go off with hidden strings. This is just another another hitting string strings to untap and keep the lotus field tapping for more mana to get the combo going till you get Underworld Breach and Thassa's Oracle win the game. Uh some other uh untapped spells in that Lotus Field deck you got pour over the pages. There's a solid video by Corey Baumeister on his weekly Dropping Bombs. Uh, the link is in the weekly winners of MTG Stocks. Go check it out. You'll see the link there. Watch the video. He goes very in-depth, very solid player when it comes to going through his play decisions on a deck and really, really showing the overall use of a deck when he plays it. Last on the weekly winners, we have Uro, Titan of Nature's Wrath. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's a green, blue, one, six, six Elder Giant that reads, when Uro enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escaped. Also has, whenever Uro enters the battlefield or attacks, you gain through life and draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. And it has escape. Green, green, blue, blue, exile five other cards from your graveyard. This has now seen a 33% increase, sitting at 40 bucks. There's a lot of decks that are seeing this jammed in there. This is just a solid card. Yeah, Simic Ramp decks are loving this. It's a three mana. It's easy to cast this thing from the graveyard, and then you got a 6-6 six, six that just gains you three, draws they're a card. They're putting it in Titan even. I mean, they're pretty much... Anything, it's, it's just like with Oko. Anything that runs these colors or close to these colors is going to jam this thing. 
five color of Mizzetek is finding another Simic card to be put, put putting in there. The list off of MTG stocks is by Vanilla James and has two Euros in there as their only as their second Simic grab because there's also the place that would bring to light for your Niv Mizzets. So this card is seeing use in Pioneer, Standard, Modern with the, the Titan decks. Yeah. Uh, another list on here from MTG Stocks is from Amulet Combo by Vinny Russian 123 Only has a one of, of Uro in there. But this card is a strong card, puts up a board presence, and just values you. There's so many decks. At the end of the weekly winners, there is the cheap pickups from the week. And I pass the mic over to JB. Okay, so starting off with our cheap pickups here, we got uh, number one, we got Tarmogoyf. The future site printing is sitting at 74.69, record low and stabilized. And looks like the Ultimate Masters is coming in at $43.11. Also pretty stable. Uh, Tarmogoyf, for those of you that don't know, <clears throat> has an ability where its power is equal to the number of card types among cards in all graveyards, and its toughness is equal to that number plus one. You forgot to say that it was a two drop. Green one. That it is. Sorry, I'm not used to these future sight cards. <laughs> they put the, the converted mana cost all over the place. Really cool art, though. I, I do give them that. All right, so then we got number two. We got the Royal Scions. Coming in at $9. Record low and going down hard. Uh, for generic blue and red, you get a Planeswalker. Comes in at 5 loyalty. Plus 1, you draw a card, discard a card. Uh, another plus 1, target creature gets plus 2, plus 0. And gains first strike and trample until end of turn. And then, it's neg 8 ability. You draw 4 cards. And when you do, Royal Scions deals damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand. I got a notification today about the Royal Scions from TCG Sniper. There's somebody on TCG Player selling them for five ninety nine right now. Oh, that's a good price. I know. I'm going to be picking them up. I should. I should pick up two. I'll be mentioning TCG Sniper here in a little bit. Good stuff. All right. So then number three, we've got Imperial Recruiter coming in at $118.73. It's a round record low and... It's got a slow downward trend. This one looks like it's from Portal Three Kingdoms. And it's too generic and a red. When Imperial Recruiter comes into play, search your library for a creature card with power no greater than two. Something. There's this little symbol two, back there. Two okay. power. Oh, is that what that symbol is? Yeah, that's two power. Oh, okay. Reveal that card and put it into your hand. Shuffle your library afterwards. Yeah, that's a sword. Okay, my, my, my resolution isn't that great on this thing. <laughs> I couldn't tell what that was. Yeah, because... So... Just... just yeah, I, just, see, I see it just, on the bottom there. So just for clarification, $118 may not seem cheap, but... So as of January 9th of 2017, it was at $366.42. Is this one of the cards that are on the reserve list? Check the uh, card there itself. Click the card tab. Nope, it's on Masters Twenty Five. That's right. Yep. Yeah, I got printed Masters Twenty Five. Yep, but this so this is yeah, this is the original. 
I was wondering why that seemed familiar. Yeah. Portal 3 Kingdoms, it was a bunch of uh, the packs themselves didn't get open much, and so there's a very select supply of them out there. And yep, there's very few in circuit. Yeah, and I guess if you look at the downward trend from... Uh, when did Master, when did Masters 25 get printed? Go go click on that. So Master 25 got printed in 2018. Yeah, then... It, and at that point, it was $190, or average. So market was $200. So it's gone down... Almost $100. $82. Yeah, just get your uh, Ultimate Master ones. How much are those going for? So the Ultimate Master... Is going for thirty six dollars. If you're looking for collecting Portal Three Kingdoms, keep it keep an eye on this, I guess. Yeah, if you want the nice old originals. Otherwise, if you're cheap like me, you know, just get the cheaper printing. All right, and so coming in, very last here card we all love to hate, Ensnaring Bridge, thirty three dollars and one cent record loan going down. For generic three, you get an artifact with creatures with power greater than the number of cards in your hand can't attack. Everybody hates this card. This card's no fun. Hmm. I should run this in my mono red deck. Yeah. Because I never attack. No need to. Yeah. Because I am all... I am attacking you. I am all non-combat damage, basically. Hmm. Interesting sideboard. It's a good card. And this is the Masters 25 printing specifically that is going down. You have 7th edition uh, sitting at 40 bucks. 8th edition is the next cheapest along with stronghold both sitting at 35 bucks what are you talking about i want the masterpiece for christ's sakes yeah the masterpiece is 130 it looks good That's though rough. looks good though no i got wrecked by this this card and a couple others uh just this last weekend had a couple couple rounds against eldrazi tron and yeah it wasn't wasn't fun yep good old the staring bridge stops Never you from fun. attacking oh yeah it definitely stops me from attacking i can tell you that to close out the finance, let's talk about TCG Sniper here real quick. Mentioned them a little bit ago with the Royal Scions. That's a card I myself really like, and I just use them to get notifications when Royal Scions drops below a certain price, and then I can go in and buy it at that price. I've done it a couple times. I've picked up some Royal Scions at $9 when they started going down, but now I'm picking up more because, honestly, I believe this card is really good. That's neither here nor there. Just a bunch of schmucks with microphones. <laughs> Don't forget the internet. Ooh, that's even more dangerous. So go check out TCGSniper.com. Uh, sign up, enter in some cards, and start getting them at good prices, the cards you want. Yep, TCG Sniper also works for sealed product, if that's what you're looking for, too. Mm-hmm. Put on them booster boxes from MTG... Uh, or a TCG sniper. Put them in the link, put the desired price, and just wait. You got to be patient. It's well worth the wait. So to close off our finance section, we move to deck of the week. This week, we had JB find us a super budget Tron deck on tappedout.net with deck builder Vivictus as Madi. Oh, Victus Asmati himself made a Tron deck. Ooh, look at that. But this looks pretty cool as a Tron build. You, so as with all Tron, you have the four Urza's Mine, Power Plant, and Tower. All of them tap for a colorless unless you have one of Mine, 
power plant, and tower. And then mine taps for two, power plant taps for two, and then tower taps for three. So then you tap for seven mana. Whole point of Tron is to get that. So the deck has Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger. It is a 10-10 for 10. When you cast it, exile two permanents, has Indestructible, and whenever Ulamog attacks, defending player exiles the top 20 cards of your library. This seems to be the most expensive card in the deck, sitting at about 30 bucks. 35. 35. Sitting at 35 bucks, and that's one of that you're playing here. Uh, I should mention that the deck itself is between $130 and $165, depending on where you get your cards. If you have some of these already, it'll lower the price, clearly. But the play sets of Urza's Mine, Power Plant, and Tower will run you about 24 to 25 bucks for all play sets. Total. So for all 12 cards, it's like 24 bucks. So go pick them up and make some janky Tron builds. Yeah. So from there, a couple other of the... Notable cards is this is a green black Eldrazi, and the black is in here for Dread Defiler, which is a black six six eight Eldrazi with the void has three and a waste. Exile creature card from your graveyard. Target opponent loses life equal to the exile card's power. So you have some big things in here like Rune Processor, which is a seven eight for seven. And you got Oblivion Sower, which is a 5-8 for 6. You're just, if you have Dread Defiler out, you are exiling those cards and dinking them for 7-5 damage. They can't, your opponent can't take too many hits from that. It has a single uh, copy of Artisan of Kozlek to be returning your Eldrazi to the battlefield. And it's also a 10-9 for Annihilator, with Annihilator 2. So with Dread Defiler... That dinks your opponent for 10 when you activate it. An enchantment in here is From Beyond, which is kind of interesting. It's a 50-cent card that ha- that is green 3, enchantment, devoid. Beginning of your upkeep, create a Eldrazi Scion token. And it has green 1, sack, far, or sack From Beyond. Search your library for an Eldrazi card, reveal it, put it in your hand, shuffle your library. Interesting. So... You can't forget those tokens have the ability of sacrifice this creature, add one to your mana pool. Right. All the science, all the science have that. So if we say make a science token, just remember they sack and add a colorless to your mana pool. Well, I didn't know that. Not everyone knows that. Yeah, Man. I didn't know that either. So you got to read the whole text, bro. Can't just we're go not, over it. We're yeah. not all Tron burst like you. Also in the deck, it has the. Four of Expedition Map has a four of Chromatic Sphere to help get you that mana. Uh, Chromatic Sphere is, for those that don't know, is colorless artifact. It has colorless tap, sack Chromatic Sphere, add one mana of any color to your mana pool, draw a card. So it filters mana and draws you a card, help you get down, make mana of black or green if needed. Uh, Sylvan Scrying, Ancient Stirrings, Spatial Contortion as a, th- a three of to pump your guy bigger or potentially kill a guy because target creature gets plus three, neg three till end of turn at instant speed for one and a waste. Well, one and a colorless. But overall, this deck seems pretty good. Just just already having the, the base package of 
Chromatic Sphere, Expedition Map, and the Urza Lands is already going to do it good. And for just a little over $100, because I know I got some of these Eldrazi in my bulk, because Deceiver of Forms is a 50-cent card. That's another one. Artisan of Kozilek is a 50-cent card. That's been printed in Commander sets. Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, is probably the biggest thing that you're going to be paying for. There's a singleton of Eldrazi Temple in here, and that is sitting at just under $8. It taps to add two, to your mana, two colors to your mana pool. Spend this mana only to cast colorless Eldrazi spells or activate abilities of colorless Eldrazi. But this deck looks very fun to play. And yeah, I definitely did pick up a... a picked up my playset of Tron lands from our local LGS and I'm looking to make a Tron deck. See, I knew this would be right up your alley. Yeah, I might actually, I might have anything to put together. I need to get the expedition maps though. Well, good thing they're uh, pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Yeah, expedition maps are sitting at, they're not cheap. They're 550, 450. It's pretty cheap. Yeah, that's not bad. For an artifact. Nah. I guess. That finds you land. Put them into TCG Sniper. Yep, there we go. Tron is, I guess, I don't know how Tron is doing in the modern meta. We're going to find out for some MTGO uh, challenges happening this weekend. Maybe we'll cover that next week. And then we'll see. I know Tron does pretty decent in our local meta. In our local meta, yeah. So, from that, do you guys have anything else to say? Keep on listening. See you next week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, as we still work to post on social media. But Leave comments, concerns, send us advice. Feedback. Send us feedback. Let us know what we can do better. Also, if you want to email us, go uh, send emails to thisweekatmtg at gmail.com. And from there, let's kick that outro. Bye. Bye. Thanks, guys, again for listening to this podcast. Please go to thisweekinmtg.com for more information. You can also subscribe on your favorite platform like Spotify, Apple, or Google, or even any of the other platforms that are out there. We're literally everywhere. On Tuesday, every Tuesday, we're going to have new information. Wait, what's going on? It's Matt again. Did he just crack an Oko? Probably. Does he know that it's banned in every format, basically? Probably not. We're not going to tell him. I think we should keep it this way. Let's do it. Did you guys see the SoCal? Oh, God.